I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is a bonus episode of News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, welcome back to a bonus episode of News Du Jour. Um, For those who don't know, August is Gastroparesis Awareness Month, and I have a feeling people will be listening to this not in August, but this is actually the first August that I wanted to really try to do something for gastroparesis awareness because I feel like I talk about it in kind of like smaller chunks, and I know I've written a blog post about it years ago, but... I wanted a place where people could come to understand what it is I've gone through and what I go through still today and how it has transformed my life because I get a ton of questions and comments and a lot of times, you know, they're well-intentioned but ill-informed and I just wanted to give you guys sort of the backstory on everything um, and how it's really affected me so that you can understand what it is I'm dealing with and, you know, support and, you know, if you have someone in your life who has gastroparesis, you can understand it better or be on the lookout um, for people who have it or just support people with chronic illness better in general, I think, because it just it is intimidating. I think when you hear someone has a chronic illness, you're like, oh, you know, <laughs> how do I help? How do I not say the wrong thing? Um And I think hopefully just giving a little perspective will help direct you guys in how to best support anyone in your life with a chronic condition. But I did want to warn you guys before we get into this episode, some parts of this may be hard to hear. And especially if you are a loved one of mine, specifically, I know a lot of friends and family will probably listen to this. You know, I haven't been able to read through this or write it without crying. Um, So I apologize for that in advance. But this is something that was the most difficult thing I've ever gone through in my life, the darkest part of my life. And so I just want you guys to be aware of that going in. So gastroparesis has touched every single aspect of my life. It's changed me as a person. It's made me a better one, I think, because it's been the challenge of my life and made me have to fight for my life. I have been through so much pain. And the reason I'm sharing this with you guys today is that it's hard for me to talk about the true depth of it all in a social setting or on a social platform. But this, like I said, is Gastroparesis Awareness Month. And with my platform, I know I need to stand up and talk about this struggle for all of those struggling silently. Battling ignorant HR departments, battling doctors, and even battling your own family can be so exhausting. And it just comes down to not being informed. 
But at the end of the day, no one on the outside will ever be able to fully understand what someone goes through with a chronic illness. But I'm going to share this story and give you guys a window into my battle. But before I dive into my personal story, I did want to shed a little light on what gastroparesis is and what it isn't because I get a ton of misinformed messages and comments about it. And most people have never even heard of it. So let's chat about what it is before I even get into my story. Gastroparesis is literally when your stomach gets paralyzed. You see, it's actually a problem with a nerve called the vagus nerve in the base of your skull slash top of your neck. That nerve sends a signal down to your stomach to squeeze and push food down into your intestines. So when your stomach is paralyzed with gastroparesis, instead of moving down because that nerve isn't working, the food just has to kind of slowly drain out and it just sits there. So you can imagine what happens when that happens. You get burpy. If you eat too much in a day, you'll throw it back up because your stomach just doesn't have enough room. But your stomach tries to combat all of this by making more acid. So if you eat too little, that can also be extremely painful as well because you'll have too much acid in your stomach and that can burn your stomach lining, making it harder to pull key vitamins into your system. This has happened to me, and it's what makes you immunodeficient with this condition. Main symptoms of gastroparesis are nausea after after eating, persistent nausea, throwing up, GERD, which is throwing up mouthfuls of undigested food, severe bloating, discomfort, fatigue, and abdominal pain. Weight gain or loss can also be associated depending on the case. There is no cure and basically no treatment. Doctors simply advise to avoid fibrous foods and fatty food, and it is often referred to as GP, as I will be using that term in this podcast. Gastroparesis is not an autoimmune disease or an allergy or anything like that. It's a literal clogged drain. So what you eat does not matter as much as how much you eat and how bulky it is, what texture it is. It is associated with a few other nerve conditions, you know, such as MS, Parkinson's, as well as diabetes and bulimia. It's a nerve condition that affects your digestion and paralyzes your stomach. So (laughs) cutting out dairy or gluten, yeah, that's not going to fix broken nerves in your brain. So now that we all know what gastroparesis is, I'll tell you guys my story. So this all began for me when I was living in Dallas. At work, I began to notice my stomach bloating up way more than it ever had. I was distinctly nauseous after eating, and I was throwing up, but gaining weight. The understandable assumption that I made was it was an unplanned pregnancy. I told my boyfriend, who's now my husband, and we went to the doctor fully expecting a positive test, but I was not pregnant. After that, I continued to assume that it was gynecological, 
and we ran every type of test. All negative and normal, they referred me to a GI or gastrointestinal specialist. And that was obviously the game changer. I went to see a wonderful doctor at UT Southwestern. She cringed as I described my symptoms and blurted out, Well, I hope it's not this, because I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. But I want to test you for gastroparesis. Great bedside manner, I thought sarcastically. But she ended up getting very close uh, to me and me to her and helped me solve this whole thing. At least the mystery aspect. The test for gastroparesis is called a stomach emptying test, where after fasting for 24 hours, you eat scrambled eggs with harmless radioactive materials mixed in. Over the next few hours, they will monitor where the eggs are in your stomach using an x-ray, and I was told that most people's stomachs would clear the scrambled eggs by 90% in two hours. Mine was only 30% digested in five hours. I had a severe delay. I had gastroparesis. But the thing is, gastroparesis is typically linked with other conditions, like I mentioned before. So to be safe, my doctor wanted to run a few other tests to see if there might be an underlying cause that we could locate. We did an endoscopy and did actually find a benign tumor in my stomach. We clipped it, but it didn't really help anything. My gastroparesis was idiopathic or basically unexplained. So on top of dealing with the day-to-day struggles of gastroparesis symptoms, I am also saddled with this perpetual sense of dread that one day the other shoe will drop and I'm going to find out why I have gastroparesis. That said, you know, it could be anything from MS to Parkinson's or other conditions linked with GP. Once I had my diagnosis, though, I did feel a sense of relief thinking we figured it out. You know, now we can treat it. But the thing is, there is no treatment for this condition, just kind of symptom management. You can, in very extreme situations, get a stomach pacemaker put in, but mine was really just not on that level, and that procedure is extremely invasive. Sometimes it can cause more harm than good, so it's truly a last resort. My doctor sent me home with an info sheet about the condition and literally told me to eat broth, Wonder Bread, and canned fruit. I gained so much weight. Finally, I decided to find a nutritionist and try to figure this thing out. At the time, I was working a commission-based job and was barely getting by because my health was taking up so much of my time and focus. So trying to work with a nutritionist, both time-wise and expense-wise, just felt impossible. But I made it work and I started going. She put me on a dairy-free diet and then a gluten-free diet and so many freaking types of diets. Nothing helped at all. I actually ended up in the hospital constantly for dehydration because of all the throwing up and even drinking water made me feel nauseous. The crooks of my arm would be black and blue from how many times they had to stick me in order to find a vein. 
sometimes taking hours and as many as five nurses just to get an IV going to rehydrate me. Finally, after a really tough trip where I ended up in the hospital with friends who just didn't understand my condition, I threw my hands up. I just wanted to die. I could no longer socialize the way I used to. My system freaked out when I traveled or did anything other than lay on the couch. I couldn't even work out anymore without throwing up and feeling sick. I couldn't give my all to my job. I felt like a slug. I just wanted to feel normal again for one day. Honestly, that was my greatest wish at that time. But fortunately, during this time, I had met my now husband, like I mentioned, and he held my hair. He drove me like a maniac to the hospital on several occasions. He held my hand and helped me find the strength to keep fighting for myself. Devin prevented me from being totally alone, and he genuinely saved my life. I don't mean that to sound dramatic, but I was very, very sad during this time. I was isolated, and I would say that I was suicidal at this time. I felt I had nothing to live for, and that my my body was rejecting food and water, our only means of survival. And I was in so much pain every day. And absolutely no one understood. Except for... Except for the man who's now my husband. The people I tried to tell in my life either downplayed it or told me to cut out dairy or said at least you'll be skinny or the generic this too shall pass or just asking how's your tummy? Chronic illnesses don't pass. They're, by definition, forever. Not one person in my life besides Devin asked, what can I do? How can I help? Imagine staring at your future and thinking, this is it. I'm going to be miserable until I die. I will be fighting to live for the rest of my life. I was exhausted. But like I said, I had hit a wall. Because I was ready to give up on everything anyway, I felt like I had to try some scarier life changes as a last-ditch effort. First off, I gave up on the diets. Understanding that gastroparesis is like a drain, I realized texture mattered more than anything else, and I focused on things like smoothies and blended soups that were more liquid. But more than anything, I listened to my body, and if something sounded good... I ate a little, and then I stopped when I was full. It was a lesson that I had to learn over and over again, and honestly, I still do. But I can't overeat or undereat, as it can have serious consequences for me. I have to eat intuitively, and that took time to learn. But it's what's helped more than any elimination diet ever has. Secondly, I made a conscious decision to cut back on stress in my life. Stress is horrible for your body, and my doctor looked me in the eyes and told me I needed to quit my job. At the time, I was in a battle with HR. The boss, who I had previously trusted, idolized, and genuinely loved, just went mute for me and would not stand up for me at all. 
I could tell both her and our one HR rep in the office thought that I was making it all up or that it was all in my head. They actually had me get a written statement from my doctor confirming that I had gastroparesis with my test results and explaining it. But even with this in their hands, the HR rep still looked at me and asked, quote, but aren't these all just symptoms of getting older? End quote. I will never forget that. I was 24 at the time. And the way I was treated was just nothing short of cruel. They made me state out loud on a tape recorder every time that I had not hit my goal yet for the month, which few girls in our office had done without a newly diagnosed chronic condition. When I took the job, they made it sound like you could work from anywhere. But the minute I told them I was sick, I was under constant surveillance, and that's when they actually told me they didn't want me working from home anymore. I could hear girls at the office whispering that I was pregnant or had an eating disorder or a mental breakdown. But it took my loving doctor looking me in the eyes and telling me to quit that put me over the edge. She was one of the two people in my life who actually understood what I was up against. HR could have treated me with kindness and understanding. They didn't. I had previously loved that job. And so it was really hard for me to let it go. It broke my heart, but I quietly slipped away and started planning a new life. I cut that job out and moved to a slower paced city, moved in with my now husband. We bought a house together. What actually led up to that decision was, as I sat contemplating my life, I asked myself, what do I actually want out of life? What is the minimum that I need to accomplish in order to feel fulfilled? Because I knew my time feeling well enough to work was just limited, and I wanted to spend those hours on something worthwhile for me. So if I got to the end of my road, if one day I was so dehydrated that I slipped under, that I would have spent those hours. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Doing something that meant something to me. And this is a question that I wish more young people had the opportunity to stop and ask themselves because it changed my life forever and very much for the better. I knew that I wanted to make a positive impact on the world, specifically for women. I knew I wanted a home with someone, someone I loved, and I knew I wanted to be a mom. I felt that if I could have one or both of those things, you know, and not be completely miserable every day, My life would be worth living. So I made changes to get closer to those things. And it was hard. My ego took a hit. I was out of a job. I never wanted to move back to Oklahoma before. And my friends also did not understand my relationship at that time. But the thing was, I knew in my bones that this was the right move for me and really the only move for me. And that the people in my life who actually understood my condition, my doctor and my boyfriend, 
thought this was the right choice too. I felt like it was my only hope. So I took the leap and I started a blog at the time, now a publication that I'd always wanted to start. I actually filed my first trademark at age 22 before any of this happened for this idea, but I'd never actually had the balls to pursue it. And let me tell you something I've learned, you guys. Success doesn't happen by accident. You actually have to go for the things that you want full throttle. And even then, they can be really hard to get. But I knew this was a dream that I could run towards from the couch. So that's what I did. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Bear with me for a little side story. That year with a newly minted business, I started a petition online to change the name of a school from Lee, named after Robert E. Lee, to anything else. I did it on a whim as I was going to bed one night during this time, and the petition just blew up literally overnight. I woke up first thing the next morning, before I'd even made my coffee, to the Tulsa World, our local newspaper, calling me saying, They had gotten my phone number from the mayor and that they were writing about me regarding the petition. Little did I know when I answered that phone call that it already had thousands of signatures. As you can imagine, I got tons of hate for this from bigoted human beings here in Oklahoma claiming that they knew where I lived and were coming to get me. And they said that I was a quote unquote armchair activist. I laughed literally laughed out loud so hard at that. Little did they know that's exactly what I was and it's a badge that I wear with pride. I cannot go, go, go anymore. I have to be in bed or near the couch or in an armchair most days. But by God, I'm going to make change and make a difference in this world, even from my armchair, because that's why I am still here. That is my purpose. Gastroparesis pushed me towards my dream career, my dream husband, and the happiest life I've ever known. I fell in love with Oklahoma City. I genuinely love it here. But gastroparesis also made me a kinder, gentler human being. It opened my heart and my mind to beauty that I had missed before. Having to lead a slower life has been the truest joy of my life. Getting to know elderly neighbors because they'd rather drink tea than do shots. And having to slow down and sit down because of the fatigue. But ultimately noticing butterflies drifting around my own backyard. Or having to walk rather than pump iron in the gym. I got to appreciate the little nooks and crannies of this historical neighborhood I find myself in. Because travel is hard... I've learned to be a tourist in my own city and get to know my neighbors. And I am just grateful to have energy to do anything at all. I know from the outside, it seems like I can eat anything or do anything. But the truth is, still to this day, I have to closely manage my eating and my activity levels every single day. I try to share my struggles as much as I can without being too woe is me or throwing a pity party because the truth is I have a great life despite this condition. 
But I wanted to let you know if you thought my life is all peaches and cream and that I don't work hard to battle this condition every day, that I'm able-bodied. You couldn't be more wrong. The doctors offered me a handicap sign for my car because people with gastroparesis often have to run inside to throw up or use the bathroom. So I'm literally a handicapped person by a doctor's standards, but no one, very few people in my life understand that and the depth of how everything I have to do every day in order to manage it. This is Gastroparesis Awareness Month. Thank you for listening to my gastroparesis story. Thank you guys again for listening. I wanted to end today's episode with a call to action on how you can best support the people in your life battling a chronic condition. And of course, this doesn't just apply to gastroparesis. But the number one thing I would say you can do is to physically show up for that person. It can be incredibly isolating to be battling a chronic condition, especially if you don't have a partner or spouse um, in your life. I can't even imagine. So showing up physically and just being with that person, not to check a box, but to really like be there and be with them and make sure they know they're not alone. Number two, I definitely, definitely, definitely cannot emphasize enough how important it is to learn and educate yourself about their condition. Learn what it is and how it works, but most importantly, how it is going to affect their day-to-day life. What are the symptoms? And then ask them about it. What symptoms are you dealing with on a day-to-day basis? How is it affecting your life positively, negatively, ask them, listen. And lastly, ask them how, what they need and how you can be supportive and ask because you care, not so you can check a box because people can feel the difference there and state plainly that you care. I care about you and I want to support you. How can I do that? Just ask that question The little things are truly the things that make the most impact. Uh, A high school girlfriend of mine was visiting her in Chicago and she called me ahead of time, you know, probably more than a week ahead of time and said, I'm uh, getting a dinner reservation. What can you eat and not eat? I want to make sure you have plenty of options on the menu. And she didn't know what I could eat or not eat. She didn't know what the restrictions are. So she asked, she cared. And that meant more to me I thanked her at the time but it means more to me like I will never forget that she did that because I've gone on trips with so many other friends who never cared enough to ask me that even though they knew I was dealing with this and it just goes a really long way to just do the minimum and just to care so that's the biggest thing and if it's in the workplace again learning what this person's condition is and how it affects them and asking them how it affects them so that you can help advocate for them in group settings and help them make the job work. That is the number one thing you can do. But as a call to action, especially if you are fully able-bodied and don't have a chronic condition or don't have any sort of handicap, for in honor of National Gastroparesis Awareness Month, I w- I'm asking you or challenging you guys to think of someone in your life who isn't 
able-bodied and either pick up the phone and call them just to hear how they're doing with their chronic condition to just ask about it, learn a little bit more about it and hear them about it or physically go and be with them and sit with them and talk to them about it and how they've been doing in a long format way, not in a just, oh, how are you doing every six months kind of way. Really take the time to care and to get to know what they're dealing with. And if it's scary or intimidating, you're going to have to push that aside if you want to really show up for them because they need you more than they're ever going to tell you, you know, more than they'll ever let you know. So that's my call to action. Again, thank you guys for listening. And I hope this gave you a little window into what dealing with a chronic illness is like and helped foster some understanding. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider becoming a patron of our podcast. For $7.99 a month, you can unlock tons of perks like breaking news text messages so that you're never out of the loop. Tons of bonus episodes are already up there ready for you to binge and a discussion board full of networking opportunities and much more. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash sugar-free media today to become a patron. This is the best way to support our show. Our patrons make news du jour possible. But a couple other ways to support our podcast are rate and review on whatever podcast platform you use to listen, share on your social media, you have influence, tell your friends, family, and colleagues that you love news du jour and why you listen. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, just sugarfreemedia, all one word on TikTok, and sugarfree underscore media on Twitter. We also have a weekend newsletter called Dreamers Digest that's full of dreamy content recommendations for your weekend and a life update from yours truly. Sign up today on our website, www.sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoy and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our Sugar Free Media logo is by Katherine Jezik Designs. Any twinkling or little footsteps you might hear in the background are by my dog, Rhett. He's a rescue pup and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Oh, oh.